0: Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Pat Forty is someone I have long admired for his talent, tenacity, and for being a kind and gracious man. Today, in part one of our conversation, you're going to learn about the early years of one of our country's most distinguished and respected sports writers. Let's get to it. When I covered the NFL, I often heard how I had a dream job, and believe me, I have no regrets that I studied journalism in college and started my career as a sports writer. But it's a cutthroat world, loaded with cynics, lots of egos and brokenness, including an eye-opening divorce rate. That's why I so greatly admire Pat Forty, a sports columnist for Sports Illustrated. He's the journalism equivalent of a five-tool baseball player, capable of breaking national stories, providing unique perspective in his columns, turning phrases in a brilliant profile, delivering insightful game stories in real time, and representing himself well in this multimedia age. In part one, Pat and I will focus on his childhood, including an impactful coach, the influence of his parents, and how he got into sports writing. Well, welcome to winning is not everything i am so privileged to have pat 40 a reporter and writer that i've looked up to for many years uh, he's joining me and i am really really thankful pat thank you my pleasure sean good to be on with you and to see you again it's been a while it has it has so pat i gotta start with my first question for all my guests what's your favorite childhood sports related memory Favorite childhood sports-related
1: memory? Wow! Oh, that's a good one. I would say when the Denver Broncos—I grew up in Colorado, in Colorado Springs—and the Denver Broncos made the playoffs for the first time in 1977, and actually went to the Super Bowl, and then lost uh, to the Cowboys, and I cried like a baby. It was probably the last time I cried at the result of a sporting uh, event out of out of sheer disappointment. But that team, because I was Bronco fan from the crib and they were so bad for so many years. And all of a sudden, I think I was 13. They broke through and uh, that was uh, was a very exciting time. Which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Uh, I would say Gary Barnett was my high school football coach, a name you may have heard. Uh, coached Northwestern to the Rose Bowl and uh, coached Colorado to the Fiesta Bowl and Air Academy High School. He was my football coach, my sophomore and junior years. Then he left to go become a college coach and and go on to do bigger things. But I mean, he was a phenomenal coach. He was obviously we we were strategically well ahead of everyone else in the Colorado Springs area in terms of of X's and O's. But he was also he was a great motivator. Uh, he was hard, very hard coach, but I learned a lot from him. And the biggest thing he did for me, Sean, I'll never forget my junior year. My academics were not quite where my father thought they should be. Uh, and I mean, they weren't bad, but they, it's true that I was not working as hard as I should have. And he was not going to let me play basketball after the football season ended. And, uh, Gary Barnett stepped in and said, you know what? He will do study hall in my office every day before basketball practice. If you just let him play, and I'll make sure he studies. And I really appreciated him taking that extra step on my behalf, and uh, and it worked out. So I was able to play both sports. But uh, he was a he was a, a strong personality, but a great leader and a great mentor for me.
0: So Pat, my next question for you is what was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenger defeat around sports when you were younger? That's a good one. Uh, I would say probably well,
1: like I played baseball when I was like nine and it was in a nine to 11 league and I was not good. Uh, I was not a good baseball player. I was okay in the field. I could not hit. I was scared of pitches. Um, so I didn't stand in the box very well. And I think I realized, first of all, that. It's okay to not be good. All right. You know, I mean, you, you're not going to be good at everything you try. I was, had been a you know, a, a successful swimmer when I was six, seven, eight. And and you know, I could run fast in the playground and shoot baskets pretty well and that sort of thing, but you're not going to be good at everything and that's okay. Find what you are good at and what you care about. So I played two seasons of baseball and I said, no, eh, that's not for me. I played a season of soccer. I was not good at soccer. But to, I think along with that, though, is to just enjoy playing without worrying about necessarily you have to be really good. you know, is that, that not everybody can be great, but you, you can still enjoy being part of a team and playing sports and everything that you get out of that. So from that standpoint, you know, I loved, just being able to do everything in the neighborhood. I was thinking back about it. You know, I must have been the busiest child. I must have driven my parents (laughs) crazy in retrospect because I was always doing something. I was always playing outside or playing inside and, you know, making up games with myself when I didn't have friends around and just kind of always creating things. But I think learning that, you you know what, there are some things you are not going to succeed at, uh, you know, in terms of at least being one of the best on the team, if that's a measure of success, Mm -hmm. that's okay, you know, but do what you do, what you like and what you can enjoy doing. I I thought, and I, again, I was busy. I played everything
0: at least once, I think. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What was something you appreciated about how your parents influenced your athletic journey?
1: Um, they cared and they were there, you know, they came to, to to all the events, which I really, uh, you know, appreciated and appreciated more as I, you know, went along and got older and, and became a parent and saw how busy they must've been, but still made time for it. And it's funny. I even said this at my father's eulogy He passed away. It's been over 20 years now, but, uh, The thing about him is he had this big booming voice and he was not shy about offering his feedback from the stands. And I mean, grab the rebound with two hands, you know, that sort of thing. And at the time I was like, Oh, this is embarrassing. You know? Oh, geez. I can't believe my dad's yelling at him. But looking back, it's like, you know what? He was there. A lot of some kids didn't have their parents there Hmm. and he was, and he would make the time and my mom would absolutely make the time to drive me wherever I needed to go or to be a timer at a swim meet, you know, or to bring snacks for the other kids on the team or whatever, all those things that you ask parents to do. Um, so that was the biggest thing There, there was a, always a lot of interest and enthusiasm for what I was doing, which I really appreciated.
0: Pat, how did you become a sports writer?
1: Uh, um, I, It was, I guess, kind of an elimination of, of chances that I was going to become a professional athlete. <laughs> it was never going to happen, but probably by the time I was getting to high school, you know, I mean, I loved sports. And so I, you know, again, I played everything and I played football and basketball through high school. It became pretty obvious I was not going to be at a level where I was going to play major college or, you know, be a professional or anything like that. So it's like, well, how, what can I do to still, be involved in sports and I loved writing and reading and we got two newspapers every day in the morning we got the Colorado Spring Sun and at night we got the Denver Post and I read them both you know and my dad would finish the Denver Post sports section after dinner and hand it to me and then I would read it and just kind of fell in love with the language that came along with sports and the stories and and how you covered games and that sort of thing so I, I said, I guess my junior year of college or high school, I said, I, yeah, I think I want to go into journalism. So like, okay, oh, my parents were like, okay, let's see if we, what we can find in terms of journalism. And we looked at Missouri and we looked at Northwestern quite honestly, one of the reasons I picked Missouri is because they had a better football team and I wanted to go someplace where I was going to see a team that was going to win. And then of course they stopped winning after my freshman year, mm-hmm. but at least there was, there was a, a moment of we like we, we at least, felt like we were playing big time football. So that's kind of how I got into it. And I went to Mizzou and I remember going into the student paper and saying, you know, Hey, you know, is there something I can do? And they're like, yeah, did you, did you write for your high school paper? I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And we, we didn't even have a high school paper, but I felt like I needed to say that. <laughs> 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 and uh, so they put me on the, it's funny, really given what my family has ended up, they put me on the swimming beat. And uh, so I started covering Missouri College Swimming. That was the first thing I wrote about. And it was immediate, like, you know, two stories in, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do.
0: That's so cool, Pat. I have a very similar story. Failed professional athlete, desperate (laughs) to cling to something in sports. Um, I did not go to Northwestern because of the football program, although it ended up being that way. So it's kind of, you know, the reverse of of your situation. So, uh, well, I really appreciate that. Pat, how do you juggle doing something you obviously love with missing so much time with those that you love the most? Because I know that's one of the things that I really struggled with as my kids were kind of getting older. Um, and, and with me being an NFL reporter, like I just had to travel so much and a national person, I just had to travel so much and I just could never reconcile the uncertain schedule and just so much time away. Um, how do you juggle that? Because I know how much you love your family, but yeah. I know you also have a very demanding job. Yeah, I mean, there, there's
1: no real adequate way to reconcile it. Uh, quite frankly, you know, that's the hardest part of it is knowing that you can't do everything you want to do for your employer or for your family. Um, and so you would a little bit feel like you're cheating both. I, you know, cheating may be a strong word, but like you just you would like to do a little bit more for both. I, I will distinctly remember my daughter, uh, when she was five years old and I had just started at ESPN and they gave me an assignment, uh, myself and Wayne Dre's. there was going to be a football game on an ESPN or ABC platform every day for the month of October. And they made us go to all of them. Wow. <laughs> so like we, we alternated days, October 1st, 3rd, 5th, 7th, 9th was me, you know, and then he went the even days. And I, I mean, it was onerous. I mean, it was, it was a lot, but At one point, like I I snuck home on one of those days in between or maybe like a couple of them. I can't remember, you know, like there were games that were close to me. And my daughter, who was five, said, you know, are you going to be here for Halloween? I was like, no, honey, I'm not. I'm sorry. I got to go. And she said I thought you didn't have to go for your job on holidays. And I tried to explain to her that Halloween doesn't really count as a holiday, but still the point was, you know, it was, it was brought home to me with an arrow to the heart, you know, of like, darn it. You're not here. Um, it's funny. I remember having a long talk with Tim Layden, great writer from sports yes, illustrated and other places. Yeah. Wonderful at a Belmont stakes, you know, 15 years ago, we're sitting, we cover the, the race and we're sitting in the hotel bar and we're talking about all of the, 6 a.m. flights we took back from a sporting event so we could be back to do something with our kids and he said, he just figured, he said, you know, people ask how you do it without burning the candle at both ends. He said, you don't. You burn the candle at both ends for as long as you can, you know, because eventually your kids are, are done doing what they're doing and they're moved out of the house. And so you just do it. And that's how I, I, would, you know, many, many times would finish covering games at two in the morning and get on a 6 a.m. flight just to be home so that I could spend Sunday with the kids. So that's just kind of the way, the best way I could do it to reconcile it.
0: I'm just, there's no easy way to say this. There's no diplomatic way to say this, but you're older than me and I'm not exactly young, but I really admire that you're not cynical in your writing. Why is that? Mm,
1: I think sometimes I
0: have been a little bit cynical and I try to avoid it, try to
1: recognize it and avoid it, you know, just because I, I... I don't think it does you a lot of good. I, I, see, I think you can be critical of situations and people and institutions without being cynical. Uh, I think you can do both. You know, to me, I, and I really, I give my kids credit for covering, or not covering them, but watching them be college athletes and then me covering college athletics and saying, oh, you know what? That kid that just dropped that touchdown pass, he's my son's age. I feel, you know, I, I can feel for that kid. Somebody wrap an arm around that kid, you know, um, because... They're young, they're trying, they're doing the best they can. Uh, Kids make mistakes at that age. I mean, you know, it's almost unavoidable that they're gonna do something that makes you slap your forehead and say, why did you possibly think that was a good idea? But that's kids at that age, teenagers and young adults. So, you know, that comes with the territory. You know, I just, I love what I'm doing. I love covering athletics. And so I think that kind of helps keep some of the cynicism at bay.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.